Welcome back to the uh, Mixed Media Podcast. This is the second section of the day. We'll be talking about video games and how to get, how to get good at game development. Um, we just finished listening to Ben's segment on the Astral World tragedy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's get into it. So I'm specifically going to be talking about getting good at de- game development from the standpoint of someone who's either a solo indie dev, yeah, solo dev, or a small team. Uh, someone who's also looking to do it commercially, not just as a hobby, because there's certain, certain, you know, it, there's not to get good at doing things commercially is going to require a certain subset. Set, wow, I can't speak English today. A certain subset of skills that are not necessarily required uh, if you're doing it as just a hobby. You know, game development is very strange uh, in terms of getting good at any form of art because, well, for one, it's a mixed media, meaning that it is a it has multiple forms of art within it, right? So maybe it has 3D modeling, it's a story, so you need to be good at writing, um, there's game design, uh, stuff like that. So it's like, how do you get good at the whole thing? Do you do it all at once? Do you do it in parts? Stuff like that. I'll get into that. Um, and also, it's not as easy just to make do like rapid iteration where you make a game and then you're like, okay, here's what I thought was good or bad about it. It's what you need to improve on. Let's make another one. Uh, games take a decent amount of time to make, even small ones. So that's not necessarily as viable as an option, whereas someone like a musician or a uh, drawer might be more inclined to do something like that. Um, so you really have to be careful about every sort of every game you make. It's like you have to be you have to you have to be careful with with uh, how you choose what you're going to make you know because it's not like something you can just keep doing like every every other day or whatever <laughs> so uh, yeah um, yeah for this reason a lot of the game developers feel like they only have a few tries at making games you know, before they reach their commercial success you know few being relative of course to as I said before like drawers and stuff like that you don't have you don't necessarily have time to make a few dozen games uh, that'd be kind of insane. Um, within any reasonable amount of time, unless they were super, super small. And, you know, if you want to be commercially successful, you may not want to make something that's super, super small. Um, and you would like to be able to practice the entire pipeline of game of decent size from beginning to end, right? So, okay, I think there are three steps to becoming better game development that you sort of just do it, and then you just go back to the start and you do it over and over and over again. So first, well, I'll just, I'll just go over, do an overview. The first three, the first three, all three, all three steps, are uh, observation, practice, and reflection. These seem pretty generic, as in like this probably applies to most arts, but I'll get into them very specifically in how uh, it's different from game development versus other forms of art. Um, and you can sort of think of these as a sort of before, during, and after phases of game development. Unless, I guess you could consider the observation and reflection also part of game development in a way. So for observation, um, you know, one of the, one of the safe thing, safest things you can do is to cut down on how long you actually observe things for, right? So uh, what I'm trying to say is observe things that are actually important. <laughs> um, try not to observe things that are superfluous, things that won't help you in the long run. I mean, you can observe things just for the sake of interest and just you know being like, oh, maybe this won't, won't be something I will ever use, but I'm at least interested in it, right? But don't like go into learning something that uh, you think like that you're like, oh, I, sh- I should, I should do my uh, game development studies today. Let me go learn something. And then you learn something that's like not even relevant to anything you will ever be doing ever. <laughs> you know, um, it's very easy to fall into that trap. So, you know, in most forms of art, you observe by, you know, watching a tutorial or reading something. Um, and like, in, for example, in 3D modeling, 
you might learn how to make like the, the famous blender donut or the famous blender chair. Uh, I guess it's not specific to blender, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, if you're drawing, you might start out by drawing like a box or something like that and learning perspective and things like uh, uh, perspective, stuff like that. So what do we do in game development? Well, game development needs a, a lot of things. There are a lot of things within game development, so this doesn't really translate as well. I think you need to focus on very sort of broad things. Yeah, so sort of sort of broad things like, for example, things like procedural procedural terrain generation, right? That is something that is both specific and sort of broad, right? The the, the specific part is that well, it only works in games where you have procedural terrain terrain generation. Not many, but the broad part is that when to do that, you need to learn how to do procedural mesh generation, uh, and that has a lot bigger of a uh, bit, lot bigger of a use. Uh, or I guess it depends how you do it. You could you could perhaps do it the height map way, in which case you learn how to use height maps, uh, and that is also pretty widely used. You will, you know, it's not uncommon for people to procedurally generate meshes. Not uncommon for people to generate height maps. And uh, yeah, so you want to, you know, try to keep a focus when you're practicing things or when you're observing things, uh, so that you can practice them later. So. Maybe you're focusing on level design this this week or whatever. Maybe you're focusing on game feel. Uh, these things often tend to be more theoretical. You know, as I said before, certain things that uh, that wouldn't be useful are tend to be things that are more specific, very practical things like learning how to code X thing or code Y thing. Because certain features are not going to be used in most games, right? Like I don't know, say learning how to make a wall running mechanic. How many games actually have wall running in them? Not many in the grand scheme of things. Enough of those tutorials about them, but not enough where you, where you would expect that you are going to make a game with wall running in it. Um, so that's why you need to focus on general things like level design and game feel. It doesn't have to all be theoretical. For example, player movements, say specifically top-down character movement, that is a pretty simple thing to learn, but still something you need to learn nonetheless. And uh, something that you know you can be reasonably sure you are probably going to use top-down character movement sometime in your game development career. And that also will, you know, translate to other, for like top down. It doesn't have to be two dimensional. You know, it could be a three dimensional game too. Uh, translate the movement there as well. As well as part of your observation, you should probably also be observing uh, trends, right? So because you're doing this commercially now as a hobby, you need to know what kind of game will sell. And so while you're learning all the other stuff, it's a good idea to look at what's going on currently with games that are currently out and sort of figure out where are they going. Is I, I can't remember. Who said this? It's a, a nice quote, but it's like I think I think it, I'm paraphrasing, but it's something like you know, as 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 a business, you need to figure out what the what the customer wants before they know they want it. Essentially, um, so for example, like, examples, like battle royales. Oh, I was just saying, I agree entirely. Yeah, people yeah. <laughs> people go on uh, both sides of that equation where they either they go. Uh, you should take your business in a direction where you're just responding to demand, which can get your business, but it's not, you know, uh, that's a, that's a different kind of route than uh, what some people mean where they're like, I want to make a big business, you know, well, that's not going to quite get you there. Um, and then on the other side, people will say, well, I just need to make something right. And neither are correct. You need to make what people need or want before they know they want it basically. 
Yeah, sort of the the, the annoying part about game dev is that it, you move so slowly because everything takes so long. So that's why I say aim for the future and not don't aim for the present because when you finish your game, that you know <laughs> the, the trend might be gone already. Uh, this is not necessarily as applicable for big companies who are able to move a lot faster than you. Uh, but if you're like a small team or a solo dev, I mean it's going to be a bit tough to to you know to try to keep up with other companies as well. Like other companies, a loss for them is not as big as a loss for you. A loss for them might be like, you know, they're still, they're still afloat. They still have a company that exists. Well, your company still does not exist, you know, if, if your first thing is a failure. And at least they have something to stand. Um, so, uh, yeah, observe trends. Try to figure out where things are going. Um, what tech do you think will be prevalent in the future? You know, perhaps, you know, currently we're talking about like things like VR, right? VR is very undervalued currently, I think. Like, the VR explosion has yet to happen. You know, we see saw the initial thing like, oh, Beat Saber, for example. It's like that was popular, but people still haven't bought the VR headsets to play the game. You know, it's like that's a popular thing to watch, not a popular thing to play necessarily. Uh, so we still haven't seen the 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 big VR explosion that I I am I am ex- expecting, and I think it's not a uncommon prediction if you just look around the the uh, game community. It's like for people who are you know more knowledgeable. VR has those signs of, of being about to explode. Maybe not now, but maybe not, you know, like tomorrow, but sometime, essentially, within my lifetime, probably, you know, actually, surely definitely uh, within my lifetime. Um, within so, 10 uh, years, VR is going to be ex- exploded, is my prediction. Yeah, sort of like, it's like the, the consumer and the company is just playing with each other, you know, it's like, who's going who's gonna to make the first move? And once the ball starts rolling, it's not going to stop. Yeah, other predictions like, what genre will be the next battle royale um you know as i said before who would have known that like battle royale would be the uh the popular genre of, of the times uh, except those who started with it right um people potentially saw you know uh saw the signs that potentially this would be a, a good way to go and they hopped on it thinking that it'd be a good investment for the future and they did it and as you can see, like certain companies like Epic Games made Fortnite, which was during the, I believe they started development, you know, during the, the explosion of Battle Royale. Well, as I said before, they're a big company. They can move fast, a lot faster than you can. So they don't have to uh, worry as much about that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, what I'm saying is <laughs> I would not suggest that you make a Battle Royale currently unless your idea is pretty good. Because by the time you finish, Battle Royales, well, uh, Battle Royales are probably here to stay for a good amount of time. But you're not going to uh, you're not going to make any sort of like breakthrough game likely. You're not never going to you never like Fortnite and PUBG already exist. You're never going to be able to become the top dog there. You know you're going to be you're you're forced to be below them essentially. Uh, so yeah, and Apex Legends too. So uh, yeah, but yeah. After you observe, I think the second step is to practice. So observing by itself will only get you so far. I think uh, one problem I see with a lot of developers is that they just they just observe. They just like look at things and they're like, oh yeah, you know. I, I'm, I'm learning, I'm writing down notes and stuff like that, and eventually one day I'll make my game, and it's like, okay, but have you tried like any, any parts of that first? Um, <laughs> that's definitely, it's like, it's like uh, you wouldn't expect someone to, I don't know, go to art school uh, for painting, for example, and they just watch, they, they you know, attend lectures, they never do any sort of like uh, painting themselves, I, I'm assuming the school wouldn't force it to paint, which they would, but you know, just, just ignoring that. <laughs> they never do any painting, they leave college, and they're like, all right, I'm going to paint something. It's like, it's not going to be good. <laughs> you, need to, you need to actually do some painting while you're, while you're observing, or after you observe, I guess. So, yeah, 
So experience is required. I'm not going to explain why you need experience to do this sort of stuff. Uh, it's sort of outside the scope of this topic for now, but I guess I can make another uh, episode about experience and the balance between experience and observation, uh, something like that. But as I said before, making a whole game by itself takes a long time, so you want to avoid doing that when possible when you're practicing. So uh, that'd be, you know, sort of like, I don't know, you're learning to cook and you make like a whole four-course meal like every single day. It's like, that's going to be draining very fast. <laughs> and uh, even as a cook, I'm sure you can pump out uh, food a lot faster than you can a game as a game developer, even with the team. So, yeah. At the same time, you know, you also want to experience the whole game development pipeline because you don't want it so that when, you know, you're trying to make your first commercial success, you don't want it to be your first time because there's going to be a lot that you don't expect that happens probably because you don't have experience there. So I think, you know, if you want to do the whole process, come up with a, come up, come up with a small idea and then like reduce it to like 25% of whatever you thought of essentially um, because whatever you're going to do, you might think it takes like, oh yeah, it's going to take a week. It'll probably take like a month. So reduce your scope infinitely. I know it's like, it's like, it's like pretty generic advice. It's, it's like if you ever heard anybody ever, in the indie sphere talk about anything they have said hey your scope remove it <laughs> reduce it to something less but it really is just that important and you know because i'm talking about practicing i think it's important to to state that you don't want to be practicing practicing these small ideas you want to be practicing these miniature ideas that will actually be small ideas because you overscoped originally as well you can you should probably start forming your skills in game development away from game development because, uh, say, for example, uh, making 3D models or sprites, you don't need to do that within the context of a game. You can make 3D models outside of a game, and then that will, the skill will transfer to when you're doing it for a game. Uh, there are, of course, some things that are very game-specific. Like, you know, you don't want to have make a 3D model with, like, a trillion triangles in it and have your GPU try to render that. <laughs> uh, you know, you want to try to simplify things a bit. But, you know, at the basic part of it, you need to, you need to like, Learning the basics, you have to learn the basics anyways, right? There's no reason to learn the basics while you're also in doing it in the context of game development. That's just going to make confuse the whole situation, right? So even, even if you're like not at the basic level, even if you're pretty good at it, right? If you just know what you need to do from when you put it in the game, right? So optimizing the number of triangles and stuff like that, then when you put it in the game, it won't be as bad, right? So at the start, you can just work on doing it outside of the game development sphere. Then you learn, you know, what do you need to do to make it viable within game development? There aren't really that many modifications for, for like 3D modeling, but yeah, stuff like optimization, sure. Uh, and then you try to put it into a little sort of test playground game thing. That's not even a full game. It doesn't need to have like an end objective. It doesn't have to have even any sort of interesting mechanics. If it's something as simple as testing 3D model, you just have put the put the 3D model in a game engine, see if it works, right? It would work, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, assuming you know, I guess I guess all you're doing at that point is making sure you understand the export, which is disturbingly hard on certain engines to export a 3D model into it. But uh, uh, stuff like you know applies to not just 3D modeling, but as I said before, sprites, uh, things like music, uh, making crafting stories, stuff like that. You don't want to you don't want to start doing that all within the context of game design, unless you just focus on. Well, I guess this is my next step. Yeah, my next step is uh, reflecting. Uh, if you are able to just do these small things, right, just do music or just do, like, you know, writing and stuff like that, what that lets you do is lets you just focus on that one thing. So when you go back to reflect, you can you don't have to, like, you're not bombarded with, like, 
a whole game where you're like, okay, but what, like, maybe you play and you're like, this is not so good. And you're thinking, what part of it is bad? Is it, is it the art? Is it the music? Is it the storytelling? Is it the game mechanics? Like, so many variables that it could be. If you just pull it apart and you have these small sections, then you're going to have an easier, uh, easier time identifying what went wrong. Because it's definitely sometimes can be hard. You know, strange, you know. Obviously, yeah, I just said, like, stuff like, could it, it could be the music or writing. Those are two very different things, but sometimes it's still hard to tell, like, what's off. Uh, when you reflect, though, don't just reflect yourself because you yourself are going to be blind to the mistakes you made because you just made those mistakes. So in theory, you did not know that those are mistakes. <laughs> um, it's going to be very, very long road for you if you only ever just internalize your own stuff and try to figure it out uh, based on that. It is possible. It's going to take you a longer time, though, than, than it would otherwise if you just ask for help from outside sources. Well, not help, just yeah, help with... Uh, with understanding where your game did well and where your game did bad. And, well, I should say, you shouldn't just be asking them to review a game. You should be asking them to review those smaller chunks I was talking about before, like a 3D model or something like that. So, you know, maybe you can ask a friend. I think the easiest option is just to, like, ask on social media. It's pretty it's pretty simple. Something like Reddit, where, you know, so if you have something like an Instagram, it's, it, it's very hard if you don't have a following to ask for feedback because not many people are going to receive your posts if you had no following. But on Reddit, it's very easy to get your like stuff circulating to random people. So uh, asking on Reddit or maybe like a Discord community you're in, something like that, that's a good idea. So yeah, don't, <laughs> if you're on Reddit, don't, probably should not send the whole game unless it's like a commercial product or something like that. Uh, you can send clips of your game perhaps. Yeah, send chunks of a game potentially to be like, hey, how does the movement feel if you're making like a, I don't know, uh, a platform where you want the game feel to be perfect. Uh, how does the movement feel? Stuff like that. Um, send a 3D model, send a song, send a sprite, stuff like that. And don't rely on feedback from the masters. And what I mean by that is don't go, oh, I have this game. I wish Hideo Kojima like, would review it for me. He's not reviewing your game. He has better things to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, you know, whatever. Whoever, whoever you find uh, ins- inspiring within your field, they're probably not going to care to review your game because they probably get a thousand requests to do that every day. And if they did that, they would have no time to do anything else. Um, so, you know, especially when you're a beginner, if you're a beginner, if I'm a beginner uh, 3D modeler, and I ask, I don't know, some, that was a bad example. I actually, uh, oh, here, if I ask, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Ian Hubert, uh, hey, what's wrong with this, like, I don't know, this, this texturing on my 3D model, right? He might know what's wrong with it, but. It's likely something so simple. Oh, uh, I'm talking about if, if I were a beginner, by the way. Uh, if, if you're a beginner, this applies to you. It's probably something so simple that anybody who is just inter- like an intermediate 3D modeler could have told me anyways. You know? And when you become like advanced, that's when you might actually need advice from the masters. You know, it's not going to be as... Uh, you're, you're, yeah, you're not going to... Like, he might even... Ian Hubert might even tell me something like advanced, and I probably won't be able to implement it because, you know, Imagining I were uh, a beginner, I don't haven't gotten there yet, right? It's like he's telling me how to run before I learn how to walk, essentially, <laughs> you know. And uh, yeah, so I think you know, joining a game uh, feedback community is probably useful for this kind of stuff. Uh, you get to sort of it makes things feel a lot less less uh, lonesome, you know. You don't you're like all in this together kind of thing. It's like a mutual thing, like uh, where you know it's like symbiotic, where you're you're helping each other out, and I guess that feels sort of nice, right? <laughs> um, as well, it's also good for observing because if you're in a feedback community, not only are you the one who is uh, receiving feedback, but in theory, you are also doing your part in giving feedback. 
And when you give feedback, it's also a part of observation because you're looking at what someone else has done and you're analyzing what's good about it and what's bad about it. Uh, and you might learn that some, learn something from that yourself. And even if you don't know what's good about it or bad about it, somebody else might say what it is and then you can look at it and be like, oh, well, assuming he's right, then I can apply this to my own stuff. Something like that. Um, and uh, yeah, um, from this you learn, you know, where you need to get better. So, you know, like, you know once again, in the context of 3D modeling, even my texturing isn't good, and I know I have to work on that specifically. And that sort of loops back into the observation practice thing, right? Where it's like, now I've learned this, I'm going to observe more things about this, and I'm going to practice this specifically. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say for my topic. Cool. I had a lot of uh, practicable advice in there. Like, you know, very clear, like, here's what you need to do. So I yep. quite like that. Yeah, also, uh, a lot of this comes from personal experience. A lot of this comes from uh, various sources and stuff like that. One of the good sources I found recently is, is this channel. If you ever use Blender before, you 100% know him, the Blender Guru. Um, he has a podcast uh, called is it called the Andrew Price Podcast. That's his name. I think it's just called the Andrew Price Podcast. And he talks about this kind of stuff, like, or actually, not even just on this podcast. He has videos about it too. But this podcast, he does talk about it a lot because he accepts questions from uh, viewers. And a lot of them are stuff like, how do I practice effectively and stuff like that. So 